everybody. Welcome to River Glen. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, good. Good to see you. Uh, thanks so much for making River Glen part of your weekend as we continue this series, 321. It's really a countdown. And you know, sometimes a countdown helps us to take a risk that we really want to take. Uh, last month I'm on vacation, my wife and our, and our kids and a bunch of relatives. Uh, we're down in Tennessee, and one day we rented this pontoon boat on this lake, and it's it's hot and it's humid, and all the kids jump off the boat and they're swimming, you know, around the uh, the boat in the lake. And I wasn't really planning on going uh, swimming, but you know, the water just looked terrific and refreshing. And so I stood on the edge of the boat, wanting to jump in, and all these kids are encouraging me to jump in, but I hesitated because I knew that it would feel really cold. And so I did a countdown. Here's what I said: I said three, two, one, and I jumped in. And I'll tell you, the water felt great. It felt amazing. Well, today we continue counting down as a church, three, two, one, to a weekend that I think is just going to be great at River Glen. In two weeks, September 12th and 13th, we're calling it Show Up Weekend because we want everybody who's part of River Glen to show up that weekend. So mark your calendars and cancel anything that you have going on, all right? Seriously, I mean it. If, if you got something else going on and you can postpone it, you can get out of it, you can cancel it, do it because we want you, we want everybody to show up that weekend because I believe God wants to help more people take first steps toward Jesus that weekend than perhaps any other time in the life of uh, River Glen. But it'll mean each of us taking a risk, kind of jumping in, three, two, one. Now, there's three ways that I think we can all, you know, get on board and prepare and be part of Show Up Weekend. Last weekend, we talked about, you know, inviting people. Remember, we talked about the empty chair, if you were here, and how Show Up Weekend, September 12th and 13th, is an opportunity to fill every empty chair. So nothing that God has prepared for, for people for this celebration goes to uh, waste. Remember, God can do a lot of amazing things, but, you know, God really can't do much with an empty chair. And when somebody sits in one of these chairs, it creates the opportunity for that person to encounter God and to get connected to other followers of Jesus and to be mobilized uh, to be part of the mission of Jesus. And so we gave you one of these, one of these cards uh, right here, an invite challenge card, so that you can identify 10 people that you're going to commit to pray for and invite to come uh, and show up weekend, September 12th or 13th. And, uh, you know, I got my list and, you know, the staff, our, our elder team, uh, they've got their list. And, uh, you know, you've got your list. If you missed last weekend, you can take one of these. It, it says, who's your 10? And uh, you can fill that out. And we also, we put uh, invite cards in your program. You can use these to invite those people to show up weekend. We've got lots more invite cards. We've got them on tables here on the exits from the auditorium. And so take as many as you, uh, as you want uh, with you. I went to dinner um, th this past week with some friends. We went to uh, one, of their, uh, one of their favorite restaurants. And uh, wow, it, it, it just inspired me. They, they gave out three uh, show up weekend invite cards. One to the waiter, one to the cook, uh, one to the owner. And it was just awesome to see and I'll tell you what inspired me. They handled it really well. And I just love the way that people are, are, are getting on board and reaching out and inviting. I invited, I invited somebody this week, and I just can't wait to see what God will do. But inviting is just the first step in the process. Second, I want you to also include these people in your life. You know, maybe ask them over to your place for a meal. Uh, ask them over to watch a game. 
You know, ask them to join your small group for an outing. and Ask them to come with you to show up weekend on September 12th and 13th. And uh, we're going to go all out. We're going to do our best to pull out all the stops for show up weekend and make it an enjoyable experience for your friends and, and, and mine here at River Glen. We're even going to have food and we're going to have fun stuff for kids after each uh, service. And here's a little suggestion. Right after the service, bring your guest to RG5. You know, you hear us talk about RG5 you know, on the weekends where we say, you know, come down front right after the service and a staff member will be here to, uh, if you're new, to meet you and give you a quick overview of River Glen, answer any questions that you have. We do RG5 to help people feel included. But here's what I'll encourage you, more people to attend RG5, and that is you go with them. How about that? You attend RG5 with them. And uh, we'll give them, you know, a, a gift card to the Red Sea Cafe, a free drink, and uh, we'll give you one too. Uh, for being such a good includer. So invite, include, and then third, pray. Pray for every person on your list. Pray that God fills you know, all our chairs on show up weekend and pray that people feel included and uh, inspired to take their next step. So we want everybody to invite, include, and pray. Now, last weekend I talked about invite, and so this weekend I want to talk about number two in the countdown, and, and that is include. Let me ask you a question. You ever found yourself in an awkward situation where you didn't feel included? You know what I mean? You ever, you ever felt, you know, like you were on the outside uh, looking in? I, I found myself in a situation like that uh, recently. I loved uh, to ride my bicycle uh, in the summertime. And a couple weeks ago, I'm out riding my bike, and I, I, all of a sudden, I run into just a terrible storm. Maybe you remember uh, late afternoon one day, we had this terrible storm. I mean, lightning, heavy rain, the sky turns uh, dark. But fortunately, I saw this shelter nearby in a park. And so I rode over there as quickly as I, as I could. And it's nice and dry under the roof of the shelter in this park. But there's a group of ladies on, in, in the shelter, and they've all got these rolled-up exercise mats. And one of them has a clipboard. Guess what they're doing? Yeah, they're getting ready to have a women's exercise class. And uh, it's a small shelter. And, you know, as the women start, you know, stretching and, and warming up, uh, you know, I'm feeling awkward. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling out of place, but I'm stuck because of the storm. And so I get out my phone to check messages, but I don't have any messages. However, it gives me something to do so that I avoid eye contact and just, you know, avoid just, you know, standing there watching them exercise. And so I minded my own business until the instructor came over and, and asked me a question about my bike riding and struck up a conversation with me. And then she asked me this question, do you want to join our exercise class today? <laughs> and I figured it was one of those dance classes. And I said, no, no, thanks, because I don't have any rhythm. And then I started thinking, you know, I could be, it, it, the rain got worse. I thought, you know, I could be here for a long time. And I got like one hour, you know, a narrow window to get my exercise in. And so, and so I asked her, I said, what kind of class is it? And she said, it's, a car, it's cardio training. And I thought to myself, you know, I ride my bike all the time. You know, I run a little bit. Surely I can handle a women's cardio class. And, you know, I mean, I, I wonder if this will even challenge, you know, a conditioned athlete like me. And... <laughs> I wonder if I'll even break a sweat. And so I didn't want to show off, so I went to the back of the group, and I just kind of blended into the back, and I started joining the group. And, and, the, and the teacher, you know, she asked me my name. I said, my name is Ben, and she said, welcome, Ben. And she said, let's all begin with one minute of jacks. You know what jacks are? Jumping jacks. Yeah, I haven't done jumping jacks for many years, and I've never done them as fast as this lady uh, did. 
And then she quickly moved into what she called circuit training. This included running in place and jumping in place and leg lifts and push-ups. And it didn't go well uh, for me. I lasted about five minutes before I had to stop, you know, to avoid a heart attack. And the instructor said, Ben, feel free to, you know, to participate at whatever level you feel comfortable. And I did for about 10 more minutes, and I kept looking. Finally, the rain stopped, and I got on my bike, and I got out of there, all right? But two takeaways for me from the uh, exercise class experience. Number one, I'm never going to do a women's cardio insanity class again. Riding in the storm would have been more fun. I think. And then second, this is a positive lesson, especially when you're a stranger and you find yourself in an awkward situation, it really feels good to have somebody welcome you and include you and remember your name. And as I rode off on my bike, it occurred to me, that's how people feel when they come to church, you know, the first time. The truth is, it's hard for people to come to church. The first, especially the first time. It's an awkward situation for people. Remember the first time you came here? You know, especially if you came by yourself. It can feel awkward when you sit there and, you know, other people around you are talking and connecting. Everybody else knows somebody and you don't know anybody. In the Bible, there's a word for this. It occurs several times in the Bible, but we don't really talk about this word very much in church. Here's an example of it from Hebrews chapter 13. It says, always be eager to practice, look at this word, Hospitality. You know what that word hospitality means? It means to love strangers. Yeah. God wants us, God wants his people to practice hospitality and to reach out and welcome and include strangers, to love strangers so, so that eventually, you know, they're going to find and they're going to follow Jesus. And, you know, that's why we create an environment of hospitality here every weekend. We've got a first impression team, and they do a great job. You know, they wear name tags. You probably see them around here. They man the doors. They, they greet people. They hold doors for people. They engage people in conversations, and they do, they do a wonderful job. But, 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 but let's remember, God wants all of us to love strangers. A pastor friend of mine in Chicago tells about a group from South Africa that came and visited his church. This group from South Africa visited many churches in America, and they had lots of positive things to say about their experience. But they noticed, they noticed something in almost every American church, and they asked this pastor about it. They asked, why is it that only people with name tags talk to us? Is it just the job of people with name tags to talk to guests? You know, I, w I wonder if people ever feel that way when they come to River Glen for the first time. I wonder if you felt that way the first time that you came here. Now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, we've got a great first impressions team, and they're much needed, and they have an important role. But I wonder what kind of impact we could make if every one of us became an includer. And so today I want to talk about a story of a man who at first was not included in the uh, community of, of Christ followers. In fact, as strange as it, as it may found, the disciples, you know, the group of people that walked most closely to Jesus and saw how inclusive that he was, at first, these disciples shunned this guy that we're going to talk about. And now, now, why would they do that? Why would they not include him? Well, I think when you understand his, his, his background, it might not seem as, as strange. You see, this guy by the name of Saul was a scary guy. He grew up educated and trained in the upper levels of Jewish religious society, and he held a lot of power, but he really didn't care very much for those people who 
newly declared themselves followers of Jesus. In fact, that's an understatement. He set out to destroy them. Here's what it says in the opening verses of Acts chapter 9. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, and uh, the way, that's, that's what the first Christians referred to themselves as, members of the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. But on his way to Damascus uh, to carry out this plan, Saul has a life-changing experience. He gets blinded by this bright light, and he hears this voice call out to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Said Saul. And the voice replies, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And then almost instantly, Saul converts to following Jesus, and he gets baptized. And then right away, he starts boldly teaching, boldly preaching to anybody that would listen that Jesus is the Messiah. But then... Just as he had planned to murder followers of Jesus, his former comrades devised a a plan to kill him. Aware of their plan, the Christians in Damascus saved Saul's life. They they help him escape the, the city in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness, and they send him to Jerusalem. So Saul returns to Jerusalem where Peter, James, Andrew, and John, you know, some of the best friends of Jesus, lead the local church community. But look at what happens. When he came to Jerusalem, he, Saul, tried to join the disciples, but they're all afraid of him, not believing that he was was a disciple. So Saul tried to join them, but they were afraid of him, and they would not include him. Now, when you stop and think about it, I mean, it's not really that strange, is it, that fear kept them from including Saul, is it? I mean, if if you think about it, doesn't fear keep us from including people? Sure, maybe we're not afraid that they're going to murder us, but aren't we often afraid of our differences? You know, we, 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 we sometimes feel uncomfortable around people who are different than us. You know, what if we don't have anything in common with them? How are we going to relate to them? What if they don't fit, easily fit into the uniformity of our circle of friends? Or sometimes we're afraid of getting burned. You know, maybe we got hurt in the, in the past. We tried to include somebody and we got rejected, or maybe we tried to be included and got rejected, including requires a risk, and that can be a scary, that can be a scary thing. We're, we're, we're afraid of, of commitment. If we include someone, won't we be required to give them our time, our attention? I mean, we're okay with being friendly, but we're not so sure about extending friendship. I mean, being friendly is easy. It's, 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 you know, it's waving, it's saying hello, it's giving a, a greeting. Including, including requires extending friendship. I can relate to this one. I, I, I tend to have an introverted personality. And so when I don't really know a person, I mean, I can have almost an irrational level of fear about spending extended amounts of time with, with, with somebody that I don't know. For example, about a year and a half ago, I got invited to this conference by this organization. And they were very generous. They were going to cover my uh, travel expenses. But... Then they invited somebody else from the Milwaukee area to, to go with me, uh, to come with me, who I did not know. And I remember feeling this fear. It was going to be three days together. And uh, uh, it had nothing to do with this other person. It was this fear in me, you know, that if I spend three days with this person, you know, what, what if we don't have anything in common? What if we don't have anything to, to talk about? What if the demands of friendship just kind of suck me dry? And I, and I came this close 
to not going. And I know I'm a selfish person, but that's what fear can do to us. And so I went half-heartedly. I went reluctantly. And you know what? It turns out I had a wonderful time. And I made a new friend. And we, we, we stay in touch. And we've even partnered together on a ministry project. But fear almost prevented all of that. And for reasons probably far more justified than our own, the disciples feared Saul, and they refused to include him. And think about how tragic it would have been if our story had ended there. But thankfully it doesn't. Just in the nick of time, a hero steps in, an includer, by the name of Barnabas. When, when, when Saul was on the outside looking in, it says, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So Barnabas is an includer. And he stands in the gap between the, the, the community of disciples and Saul, okay, and he brings the two together. Now, how did he do that? Well, let's take, a, let's take a look at this scripture. Let's look at it more closely to see what it says and implies. First, Barnabas, I want you to notice, Barnabas includes Saul personally. Notice how this passage says that, 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 that Barnabas told them about Saul. And so Barnabas knows Paul's story, right? To be able to tell his story, he had to know. He got to know, he got to know Saul. While the others held Saul at arm's length, Barnabas got to know him. See, includers take the time to ask questions and learn people's stories because one of the best ways to include somebody is by asking them questions and then listening to their answers. And I know that probably sounds really simple, but think about how rare that can be. I mean, we can learn a lot about people's stories just by asking questions like, you know, where are you originally from? And, you know, how'd you end up here? What do you do for a living? Did you always set out to do that? Or what other jobs have you had in your life? How'd you hear about River Glen? Have you, been a, have you been attending for a while? Have you ever been part of a church like this before? See, taking a genuine interest in, in learning another person's story is a key to including him or her personally. While the rest of the disciples kept Saul at arm's length, Barnabas got to know him personally. But Bar Barnabas didn't just include Saul personally. He also includes Saul in the group. Notice it says that, 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 that Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. I imagine that uh, Barnabas just took Saul by the arm and he just kind of marched him right into this meeting with the other uh, disciples. He wasn't about to let Saul be excluded. And Barnabas' actions, it defeated the fears of the disciples because they trusted Barnabas and so they accepted Saul. And uh, once he had everybody in the room together, it says Barnabas tells Saul's story to them because that's what includers do. They tell other people's stories. Once we know someone's story, we're going we're to see connections to other people in, in the group be, be, between that person's story and other people's stories. I, I want you to catch this. I, I, I tried this out a, a few weeks ago in, in our lobby. Right before the service, somebody came up to me and they shared this personal story with me. And as I sat and, or as I stood there and I listened to their story, it sounded very similar to a story, somebody else, a personal story somebody else told me uh, recently. And I looked over and I just happened to see that other person nearby. And so I invited them over and I introduced them and I told one of their stories and they didn't know each other, 
But they started talking and connecting with each other. And, and when I walked away, they continued connecting with each other because they had similar stories and similar experiences. Here's my point. Here's my point. I want you to catch this. People can't always tell their own stories. You know, it's hard to go around, you know, and say, oh, hi. Hi, I'm Ben. Here's what happened to me. Hi, I'm Ben. You know, here's what I did. That can be a little awkward. But we can help other people connect and feel included if we tell their stories for them. I've got a friend, a pastor friend, who's really good at this. He invited me a few weeks ago to come over to his church and, and to speak. And I'm a stranger in that church. They don't, they don't know me. And it would, have, it would have been awkward for me to get up and go, hi, you know, I'm Ben, and, you know, here's, here's what I do. You know, here's, here's my, my story. But my friend told my story for me. And it helped me to connect and feel included. My friend is a, is a, is a great includer, like Barnabas, because he tells other people's stories for them. And so Barnabas included Saul personally, and he included Saul in the group, and ultimately Saul was included in the mission. Notice how it says Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly, preaching in the name of the Lord. He became one of them, and he joined them in the work of advancing the mission of helping people find and follow Jesus. In fact, Paul, Saul became a primary leader in the, in the Jesus mission. Many of you probably know this, that shortly after this, Saul became known as Paul, the apostle Paul, and no one made a bigger impact advancing the Jesus mission in the first century than the apostle Paul. Can you imagine what would have happened if he had not been included? You know, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say, but, but, but think about this. 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament uh, might not have been written if Paul had not been included. Seven out of 14 churches planted in Asia Minor might not have been planted. And thousands upon thousands of people uh, might never have found out about Jesus. The most influential person in the history of Christianity besides Jesus himself might have been left on the outside looking in. Thank goodness for Barnabas. If we had not had Barnabas, we may have never had Paul. See, it's not enough to just invite somebody. We need to include them. I want you to hear a story from a, a friend of mine about how he was not just invited to River Glen. He was included in the mission here. I'm sure many of you recognize John. He's up on stage many weeks. He's up on stage this weekend playing and, and singing. And he also serves on a, a team, a ministry team that goes into, into Milwaukee and uh, serves meals as part of our bread of healing ministry, serves meals uh, to the hungry. But here's my point. Here's what I love about his story is how he wasn't just invited to River Glen. He was welcomed and included even in the mission of our, of our church. And so here's the challenge for every one of us as we count down to show up weekend on, on September 12th and 13th. We need everybody to become an includer. Now, a lot of what we do on the weekend is intended to include people. That's why we've got first impression teams because, you know, we want everybody that walks in to receive a warm greeting. We want everybody that walks through our doors to feel like it really matters that you're here. We want everybody that walks into this building to have someone they can turn to and ask questions and, and get help taking their next step to being connected. We want every person 
to be included. And that's why we also have hospitality teams that serve coffee and food. Because we know how food brings people together. Being able to go over and, and fix a cup of coffee and grab, a, grab a, a snack gives people something to do when they first arrive in our, in our building. You know how awkward and scary it can be to walk into a place for the first time, right? Through our, through our hospitality teams, we're trying to communicate that, you know, you're welcome here. We love people here. We love strangers here, and uh, we've prepared this just for you. And so come, be included in the uh, celebration. And so for for some of us here, perhaps the step that you need to take uh, to be an includer is to join one of these teams, maybe the hospitality team, maybe the first impression team. And if you'd like to find out more about volunteering, just go ahead and write that on your Connect card, right? Write hospitality or first impressions. Drop that off at the information center or just put it in the offering bag and one of our staff will contact you. But including, it's not just the job of the people with the name tags, right? We can all play a role in helping people feel included on the weekends. And so let me give you three quick ways that, that, that you and I can be includers during this time. The first is what we call the meet and greet. You know, that's the part in the service we just did it a few minutes ago where we invite you to turn and say hello to somebody uh, nearby. You ever wonder why we do that? You know, it's not to create a, a transition so, you know, the band can get off stage and, you know, the speaker can get up, on, up here on stage. No, it's an including opportunity. What if during the meet and greet, what if every one of us made a point to turn to somebody that we don't know and, and reach out, genuinely reach out to them and learn, learn their name? Ask them, have you been attending River Glen for a while? So don't think of the meet and greet as just a, 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 a quick moment to be friendly. Think of it as an inter- introduction that could be the first step to a friendship. And here's a little secret. You have permission after the service to turn back to that person and have a real conversation with them, all right? Which leads to the second way that we can become includers, in, and, and that is that we can learn people's stories. Take the time to ask questions that will help you know the people around you, especially if they're new to church. That's how people feel included when they, when they are known. And you might discover something about that other person that you can tell that will help them connect and, 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 be, and be included by others. And then here's a third way that you uh, can become an includer. And this one might seem out of, out of the box, way out there. It might seem impossible But uh, stick with me, all right? I really think it can be done. I think it's possible. The third way that that you and I can become an includer is this. Arrive early. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I know, especially for those of you that have young children, it takes heroic effort just to be here. And I I appreciate you being here. But here's why this is so important. Think about this. Most new people, when do they they get here? They come early, right? Right? Because they're new and they, and they don't know their way around. And so it's hard for you to help include them if, if you're not here. But if you can arrive early, it'll give you a few minutes to, to meet someone new and have a conversation with them. And you know what? You never know how, how that five minutes, that ten minutes might make a huge difference in somebody else's life. All right? And so we can all work together to help people feel included here in our, in our church. But let me, let me make this even pers- more personal. Earlier I mentioned this invite card uh, that we're using in this series to challenge one another to, to write down the names of 10 people that we're going to pray for and we're going to invite to show up weekend, September 12th and 13th. When you think about the people that you have on your list or you will have on your, your list, I want to I challenge you with this. 
Don't just invite them. Include them. Introduce them to other people, you know, when they're, when they're here. Um, you know, come with them to RG5. Tell their story to other people in this room. Take them out to dinner or lunch. Take them to your small group. Don't just invite them. Include them. Because you know what? We're all like Barnabas, and we all have a Saul in our life. Somebody who's on the outside looking in. Somebody who desperately needs to be included. And so when you think of the person that you're praying for, you know, that you're going to invite to fill this chair on September 12th and, and 13th. How can you, how can we all work together to help this person feel includes? Not enough to just invite them. We need to include them. Let's not leave anybody on the outside looking in. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for making your church, designing your church, creating your church to be a place where the doors swing wide open to welcome everyone. God, thank you for including each one of us here today. And thank you for so many people reaching out and inviting friends and neighbors and coworkers and, and family members to show up weekend. I pray that, that you would help us to think of people in our lives who need Jesus and give us the courage and the opportunity to invite them. We want to fill every seat to help more people find and follow you. But God, help us not just to invite them, help us to include them and welcome them and connect with them, just like Barnabas included Saul. I pray that every one of us would step into the role of an includer. And every person who comes and sits in one of these chairs would feel included. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.